Welcome to the Big Unlock Podcast, where we discuss digital transformation and emerging technologies in healthcare. Here, some of the most innovative thinkers and leaders in healthcare and technology talk about how they are driving change in their organizations. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to my podcast. This is Patty, and it's my great privilege and honor to have as my special guest today, Amit Zaveri and Ashima Gupta from Google. We're going to be talking about the exciting announcement that they made recently about the cloud healthcare API and a lot of other things. So Amit and Ashima, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you for setting aside time and welcome to the show. No, thank you. Thanks for having us, Patty. Yeah, thank you, Patty. Let's get right to it. For the benefit of our listeners, tell us a bit about how Google Cloud is helping healthcare organizations with uh, digital transformation and operating efficiencies. Sure, Perry. I'll add uh, some of my thoughts. And I have Ashima, who works very closely with the healthcare customers, provide her uh, probably more detailed uh, commentary on that. Uh, broadly, at Google Cloud, of course, I mean, we work very closely with many industries, and healthcare is definitely one of the top ones. Uh, where we've been providing them a lot of technology in general to run their uh, different systems today, which they operate, right? And that could include be able to run their applications on top of our infrastructure, be able to connect those applications together using a lot of the technologies we provide for backend connectivity, uh, be able to modernize those applications and uh, really get the benefits of the latest technologies like uh, Kubernetes and Istio to be able to get benefits uh, around expanding that portfolio in an easy manner, as well as be able to manage it very quickly and easily as well. And then be able to expose that information and uh, systems to all the different users they might have in their industry, right? And that's where we provide a lot of uh, connectivity, but also a lot of algorithms and AI capabilities for them to improve the efficiency of the systems they run today. So there's a typical thing we do with many of the customers in the healthcare. We've been doing a lot more of that nowadays where there's a lot of modernization happening, as well as they wanting to be able to expose their systems and to their make it more efficient using APIs as well. So we're doing a lot of work to kind of improve the life cycle of managing the APIs and exposing that as well. Ashima, you can please add what you're doing specifically with any of the healthcare customers. Yeah, thank, thank you, Ahmed. So, Patty, Google Cloud is now becoming much more industry Focus and healthcare is one of the industries in overall Google Cloud portfolio. Uh, from the industry standpoint, our mission for healthcare is very similar and a reflection on Google's overall mission, which is, by the way, a very less mission. If you uh, recall, it's to connect world's information and make it accessible and useful. We have adopted that for healthcare, but for our customer, for the enterprises, help them connect their information and make it accessible and useful. So when I say connect, that's where the APIs come in. When we say useful, that's where AI and machine learning comes in because the data needs to be connected and make it more useful. And of course, doing it in a secure and HIPAA compliant way from the industry standpoint. So that pretty much our products and solutions are built, purpose built for industry in all uh, three uh, different areas. Yeah. Uh, we the product that we just GA is cloud healthcare API. It's cornerstone for us in terms of data platform and connectivity that uh, Amit just talked about. Yeah, no, that's great background. And uh, the healthcare cloud API has been in the works for a while from all the media reports and everything. And you recently made the announcement, and 
launched it. So tell us a little bit about what API is, what need are you trying to address in the market, and who is your target audience? So from the healthcare perspective, again, coming from my wearing my Kaiser hat or in the industry, providers or industry looking for a meaningful way to look into the data. That's a very simple problem, but very profound one because data is buried in different silos. So when you look into EHR data or you look into, we talk about images, MRIs, CT scans, they are DICOM, they are in PAC systems. When you look into uh, genomic information, that's in a completely different data silo or to a different format. So our hope with Cloud Care Healthcare API is ingestion of different industry standard data sources, providing a managed service so that that data can get hosted onto the cloud as a managed service, if you will. And we are kind of teaching cloud to speak healthcare industry language. So we speak HL7 and Fire, clinical core components, which represent 80% of the use cases from the healthcare standpoint. Uh, similarly, so to put it in perspective, let's say if you want to run a query today to say female age 45 to 55 who have BRCA1 and BRCA2 gene, and who haven't gotten their mammogram, and right. the healthcare insurance allows that, if you want to now connect that, you need to connect to your EHR system, your claim systems, your imaging, all that are different point data silos. So Cloud Healthcare API allows the ease of injection. So think of us as a kind of glorified plumber, if you will. We are taking the complexity of ingesting different formats giving a unified access in the cloud. And I would love for Amit to chime in from once the data is in the cloud, right? It is means to an end. The end is to create a meaningful applications, apply AI and machine learning and create an ecosystem around that. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly. So once you have the data in the system, how do we now make it usable? And how do you make sure that the right kind of privileges, right kind of security, right kind of the policies are applied to that data, as well as who gets access to what and when did they get access, the governance around that, all that stuff is really the heavy lifting we provide, right? So as part of uh, technology we have around the API management capabilities uh, in Google Cloud uh, with the product with Apigee and the few other things we built around it, be able to now allow operators to put a lot of policies into those access to the data as required, right? right? And then we are able to track it all the way end to end so that you have ability to introspect and find out what happened when, and eventually, of course, make it available to people who need to have it in an easy way, right? So once you have that privileges, you should be able to access things through an API and be able to now use that information to create much more meaningful applications with it, right? So if you want to build a mobile application, you want to build another kind of data sharing application or a few other things, those are all doable once we kind of provide these policies on top of it and it doesn't go rogue then, right? Because we are able to now manage it. And then you have systems in place with the ITs and IT groups and the business practitioners, analysts who can now run this thing and operate it in a much smarter way. So that's what the technologies we build around what uh, Ashima was talking about, is to really provide the whole life cycle, governance, policy management, security, tracking, and uh, delivery and ease of use over time 
so that there's much more value and real-time capabilities you can build on it. Well, the way Ashima described it, this is the mother of all APIs that you've put together, if I may use an expression. From what I understand it, this is a generally available API, and that I think was the term that you used, which means it's free. And I think I also read that you don't have to necessarily use a Google Cloud platform for managing your data. You can use the API on whatever environment you've got your data in. Can you clarify that for the benefit of our listeners? So the data is coming to Google Cloud. When you leverage industry standard APIs, like we talk about US CDI data set or fire APIs that Amit is talking about, there's an interoperability both at the semantic level and the data interoperability. So meaning if you speak the common language, no matter where your data resides, those APIs will still work. So we follow, so it's not a Google proprietary data set. We are talking Fire, we're talking Agile 7, we're talking Dicom, and these common APIs or common language will work regardless of where your data is stored. So the trick is, A, understanding and ingesting the data, creating a unifying or unified layer, and then exposing through those Fire APIs, and those APIs are the same, right? Whether you're connecting with on-premise, whether you're connecting with the cloud, as long as you speak the same language from the northbound APIs, we have this terminology we call northbound versus southbound. What we are saying here is the open standards allow for that data portability. And it's very important because we don't want now to be logged into one infrastructure. So it's a managed service. We're giving the tools. What we're doing on top of that is better connectivity. Of course, when you use Google Cloud, we have inbuilt like BigQuery machine learning that we are applying. So it becomes gateway to that machine learning or AI machine, you know, building models and creating insights on top of that. But I think the key thing is that applications you build could be running anywhere, right? Yep. So I think with this APIs and with the API management capabilities we built, you can build an application, leverage the things we have in through this API, but then application is really independent of where you want to run that application. Right, and that's where your APG API, uh, gateway API management platform also comes into the picture. And uh, so you're abstracting the uh, API and the data layer underneath from the actual application layer, which is exactly. what we do. And I'll come back to that question in a minute, but to stay on the topic of the standards for a minute, so are you planning to implement or have you already implemented the full set of the CMS Fire data standards? What is the roadmap for that? This was something that actually my clients have been very interested in learning about. So if you look into the US CDI, which is the core data set, we, are, we have implemented that. We have a full listing. If you look, go into the documentation, what are the Fire resources uh, we are supporting? But there's Fire has a very robust community of developers, innovators working on it. So our hope is as and when the new five resources are introduced, we are able to support them in our products. But not a lot of representation of clinical data as far as is, is the continuous journey right now. Yeah, so the data is in different formats right now. And you know, it'll continue many of these APIs will work off of HL7v2 and so on and so forth for a period of time. Uh, it's not going to all shift over to fire uh, right away. The uh, while on that topic, uh, you made a reference to the final interoperability ruling as well, and now that it's been pushed out uh, for six months and so on, does that in any way impact your own either product roadmap or your market roadmap? Is there any implication at all for the healthcare API? 
I believe the changes we are seeing with COVID-19 and pandemic, it is underscoring the need for interoperability. So think of that if your labs were available as a fire resource, then I could connect with LabCorp or any other information. Of course, with the patient consent and the right security and privacy. But today, I believe we are all seeing the our response um, as a nation from the COVID-19 and connecting information from the patient perspective would have been a lot better if interoperability rules were in place. So if anything, we will see rapid acceleration for these yeah. going forward. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing as well, that you know, the several clients that we work with are already down the path of getting ready for the compliance dates, if you will, and they're not going to slow down just because the ONC has decided to push it out by a few months over. But I want to come to uh, the usage of the API. So if you have, you mentioned your uh, one of your clients in the in the Google blog, which is Mayo Clinic, right? And John Halamka, who is quoted in the in blog, has also been on my podcast. So can you share a little bit about uh, you know what's going on there specifically as it relates to the the API itself, and have you deployed it there? What are some of the use cases? Are you in a position to share some insights from that experience for the benefit of others who are looking to adopt the API? Yeah, so Patty, as you as you say, the Mayo Clinic, we formed our partnership last September, and one of the premise of the partnership is cloud to be the cornerstone for the digital transformation for Mayo Clinic. And Mayo Clinic, uh, we're very honored and uh, really inspiring to work with them. They are world-leading physician expertise. Now, when you combine that with Google's AI and machine learning capabilities, our data analytics capabilities, our API management capabilities that uh, um, I talked about, so they are really looking into unifying the data and just ingesting from different data sources and creating that data platform. And Cloud Healthcare API will, is the engine and where all the different data sources and the data will be collected. Again, when we say cloud is a cornerstone of the foundation, it's a means to an end to create more meaningful applications. And one thing I would like to underscore here, especially as the data is coming into the cloud and we are looking into building an app ecosystem or creating meaningful applications, the healthcare industry needs more examples of implementations. Like there's the work that Amit talked about is the crux of it. If we can do it in a government way, secure way, it is. this is not going to take off. So it's very important to give that implementation rigor in the engine. And then that is what Apogee provides, that secure gateway to connect to that information, the right analytics, the right reporting, which APIs are public, which are private, which are for your partner. In building that robust operating model for your APIs, the life cycle is, is critical. Yeah. So, Amit, we have worked together on client engagements where Apigee has been the API management uh, platform of choice. And many of the things that Ashima is referring to are actually being adopted, you know, all the throttling and the air traffic control and all of that good stuff. What is your sense of the general adoption level of an API and microservices architecture as a strategy in healthcare enterprises? And how do you rate or compare healthcare with other sectors that you're working with? Could you comment on that? Yeah, I think no, we definitely have a lot of customers who use API management and Apogee product for in the in the healthcare sector, right? 
I think it's gone up a lot over the last uh, couple of years than it used to be before. I think the other industries, I think if you look at the adoption of API management, I would say the highest industry penetration, no doubt, is telecommunication, financial services, retail, media. And I think healthcare is becoming one of those top five now, right? I think there's a lot of interest, especially now where you want to have efficiency, you want to have things which are connected well, and a business process which is a little more digitized. So digital transformation is starting to become a big uh, requirement by a lot of healthcare customers. I think also opening up the ability to collaborate and share things between different uh, pieces of the ecosystem is becoming top of mind for many healthcare customers I speak to nowadays. And I think the amount of projects we're seeing now with Apogee and healthcare is gone up considerably uh, now, right? So uh, there's still some catch up to do, I think. Uh, a little slow moving earlier on, but now I think it's gotten faster. I would say retail, financial services have been a little more faster at digitizing a lot of the processes, integrating the systems because they have multi-channel kind of uh, access required. For banks, for example, you want a physical access as well as digital access. Similar with the retailers, they have physical stores, they have e-commerce uh, and multi-channel kind of mobile-based applications. And I'm very starting similar mindset now in healthcare. So it's been late to the journey, but accelerated very much over the last couple of years, I think. Is there a typical profile of uh, healthcare enterprises that you find are faster adopters of API microservices? Yeah, I think that in the healthcare specifically, I think I've seen uh, with the providers who have uh, definitely a lot more uh, places where they have provided healthcare services. So they want to connect those things together. So you have one single way of accessing patient record and sharing that with the different uh, providers and then at the on the back end to the insurance companies. So digitizing those processes where it was very difficult for them to have a single view of a particular patient or single view of a claim or single view of uh, the physicians, those kind of things. So those are the typical early and the fastest growing area in the healthcare side for us. Digitizing any complex process, basically. Yeah, it's interesting when you talk about digital transformation, people are mostly thinking about digital front doors, uh, the experience, the UX, UI, telehealth now, of course, is front and center yes. for everybody. Mm -hmm. People don't usually think about API and microservices strategy as a digital transformation enabler. And, uh, you know, once you start seeing the productivity benefits uh, for, you know, development and speed of innovation and so on and so forth. That is when these things start becoming a little more clear. So it's kind of behind the scenes in some yeah. way. You know, no, no, I think you're 100% right. I think that this is not about improving your user experience only. I mean, that's always nice and you do want to have that always because your customers want to have a good experience dealing with you. But now I think the efficiency, the cost savings, the business continuity, all that kind of stuff is becoming top of mind. And those all come from the back end. Right, is it really connecting systems and making them easy to interoperate? Right, and there's a lot of, as you know, you probably know more about healthcare than I ever will know. But uh, there are a lot of systems out there, right? Which are some are legacy, some are in homegrown, some are packaged, some are modern. So all of the things still need to interoperate, and uh, there's the need for making that happen in a seamless manner using technologies like Apogee, Google Cloud also provides a lot of other things in that space to modernize and integrate. And I think that really makes a big difference for digital transformation. 
And that's why clients are like adopting this platform thinking, if you will, right? For their yeah. lot of assets. When you look into a typical hospital system, they have wealth of information. If you think of it, patients, medications, what treatments work, but then for all that wealth of information, ever since 2009, yeah. over 94% of hospitals have an EHR. Yeah. Now that information is there. Now if you want to build an application and connected experience, so it's not just a UX layer. It is connecting the right data and making sure it's coming up when you are either seeing the patient, am I able to pull the data at the right time and create the right intervention? Or if I'm a pair, and by the way, with the new rules from CMS and ONC, there's we should see a lot of acceleration from the payer side as well. The security part, this is when you're talking about the backend system and connecting the ecosystem, especially because you have now a lot of third-party people involved in the whole end-to-end flow. And I think that's really where having a well-thought-out technology set, which has that in mind from the beginning, mm-hmm. is an important part. And that's really where a lot of differentiation comes in when, when we talk about Apogee, we talk about Google Cloud, we talk about some of the connectivity and the technologies. Is really that built-in mindset, I think, that really makes a big difference. And that's hard work, right? So doing it yourself, like it takes years and years to build a product like Apogee and then creating all the vessels, the analytics, the governance life cycle. It's pretty... Yeah. I think Apigee is a, a remarkable story, uh, quite honestly. And uh, mm-hmm. I think the right place at the right time, maybe. And now more than ever, you should be seeing an accelerating interest for the platform. And, you know, it's great work there. I just have one more question on that, which is which is to do with the whole data infrastructure, right? So are you seeing providers or healthcare in general investing in unifying their data infrastructure? And in that way, are you also seeing a shift towards the cloud? I hear a lot of things about the cloud economics, if you will. Some people tell me it's you know it's more expensive than you think it is. It's, you know there's a lot of convenience and so on and so forth. But in the net analysis, you know it ends up costing us more. So we you know we always have to do the trade-off. What are you seeing as it relates to the cloud story and and particularly you know the whole data infrastructure that supports this digital transformation? Now, let me add what I see, and Ashima, of course, can add uh, what she's seeing specifically with some of the customers. But I think our view from the beginning, and I think what we've been thinking about, is that make sure we have flexibility because one size doesn't fit all. Right. So there are a lot of different use cases we've seen with healthcare customers who have different different needs, but also different profiles from the risk perspective or profiles from the infrastructure perspective. So they might not all be willing to move all of it to cloud, or they might want to kind of keep everything in-house, but also modernize pieces of it. So we want to give them flexibility. So the way we architected a lot of the things in the Google Cloud is to provide the ability to run things in hybrid. It's been our strategy from the beginning and yeah. make sure it's multi-cloud in a way, right? So hybrid is a big thing for many of the healthcare customers specifically, because mm-hmm. they have a lot of their data in-house and the system's already been operational and moving everything centrally might not make sense instantly. There might be pieces of it that make sense to move to the cloud because you might want to get better insights or reduce tools which are not available on-prem or whatever may be the case. So we we have this flexible way of architecting and then you can do specifically to a project what and how you want to operate that. So that's how we've been building a lot of these things. And I think that has really resonated very well with the healthcare customers. Because we're not saying that, hey, you move everything to Google Cloud and that's the only way to work with us kind of a mindset at all. 
Uh, we do operate a lot of our things. We have technologies like Anthos, which runs in multi-cloud. We just announced today the GA availability of Anthos running on AWS, for example, right? And very soon on Azure, it runs on-prem. Same thing with Apogee, it runs on-prem, runs on hybrid, runs on Google Cloud. Uh, we just recently acquired a company called AppSheet, where you can build an app without writing a single line of code. It runs on top of any set of APIs or on top of G Suite, for example. So a lot of those things we're doing aggressively to make it very easy for customers to adopt without having to do a lot of work themselves. And I think that's where the customer empathy, right? Coming from, again, from the industry, as I must say, not everything is even like cloud native or cloud ready. So it's a multi-year journey that they take with us. It's a transformation truly. And from healthcare, there is a pattern that we do see that where there's a need to connect multiple different data modalities, as I gave you an example, when you know one piece of critical data element is an EHR, other is in a different claim system, third is in an imaging system, those innovative use cases require a layer where all of this comes together. So then they are looking into creating this kind of secondary data layer pattern where data is ingested in the cloud and a unified layer is created on top of it. Yeah. Well, as it relates to cloud, is it fair to say healthcare is going to be a multi multi cloud hybrid approach for the time being? Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I think that's typically the kind of profiles we've seen with the healthcare customers. They will be looking at it that way. I think we definitely have a lot of value we provide them if they're running on Google Cloud directly, but of course we still provide them a lot of the advantages and benefits of our technology if they want to run it in multi-cloud or hybrid. And we understand nobody's going to completely stop everything and move everything to one place. So we have to work in the way the customers want to work. Yeah. So switching topics, uh, we are now in the middle of the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, we're all sheltered at home. I know that uh, in Google among other technology firms has been doing things to help public health in terms of uh, coming up with products and so on. So the one thing that's been in the news uh, is the uh, contact tracing app that you're working on together with Apple. Love to hear if you have you know anything to share with, with regards to that. And of course, in general, anything else that you're doing to help clients ride through the COVID-19 situation you know, from a health system, healthcare standpoint. So, Patty, from the COVID perspective, uh, in the blog that you just mentioned, we have a list of very targeted solutions that we're taking to market, both A, helping researchers. So they range from we are offering at the very basic level, the cloud credits for leading researchers, then right. helping with the Kaggle competition, which is another unit in Google Cloud, really uh, bringing in the innovators and leading AI researchers to look into the data and, and help with the forecasting. And the third thing that we have done is in the solution for healthcare-focused chatbots, or we have a solution which is cloud AI, is a conversational engine. So the, the problem statement here is what we heard from our customers, especially healthcare, a lot of triage calls, they are looking into help in creating this digital triage so that patients do not have to come to the facility. Can I do the screening? And so we took the CDC questionnaire. So that's where we are. Anyway, we can alleviate the burden, the burden via like reducing the in-person visit via telemedicine or alleviate the burden of the call center by doing this conversational AI and a digital triage. Those are the offerings that we are today in the market and being actively working with a lot of our customers. These are unprecedented times, as you, as you yeah. said, there's a lot of burden on a lot of folks. And then we also launched National Response Portal, 
which is uh, our partnership with HCA and SADA, where we're really looking into creating, if you look into this cloud, there's Looker, the dashboards, and creating this analytics and forecasting models on capacity, uh, the critical care capacity in, in utilization reports from, from different facilities who can share the data. So those are few, uh, they're listed in the in, in the blog. Contact tracing is definitely, we're taking it very responsibly. There's a blog and more information on how that API will be released. And uh, we will be starting with the public health agencies first. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. We're coming up to the end of our time here. This has been a fascinating conversation. I really appreciate your, uh, your sharing uh, your thoughts on the API economy and the new API and all the best for, for that product. One last question from my side. Uh, Google is obviously very serious about healthcare, and uh, that's becoming increasingly clear to anyone to whom it is not clear. And so where do you see yourself a couple of years from now? Do you want to share any thoughts on that? Look a little bit ahead after we come out of the COVID-19 crisis into some kind of a new normal, whatever the new normal may be. I think on the, my view is that we'll continue doing what we've been talking about for some time. And I think the clarity which we've been providing to our customers has been straightforward in terms of how we uh, how our innovation can help the healthcare industry. I mean, that's really the long-term goal, the growth yeah. plan here. So, I think to add to that, Amit, you, you said it right. It's, it'll be accelerated. Like what we thought we'll have X months, it's like very, very compressed time frame. Well, and, it is accelerating. I think that's one positive side. If there's a positive side, is like there's a digital acceleration at the unprecedented speed. Like especially healthcare industry will change the most profound ways, yeah. and we somehow, want to be there helping our customers through that journey. Yeah, somehow feels like a perfect storm, and uh, in many ways, uh, it's also a wonderful time to be in healthcare. I feel personally because you're in a position to make a difference, and. Exactly. Uh, I think that is something that uh, I feel personally very grateful for. So uh, anyway, we're at the end of our time here. Anything else? Uh, any any final comments uh, before we close out the podcast? Thank you for having us. Uh, I think there's a lot more opportunity for us to continue discussing this. And I think with the COVID situation, healthcare industry is probably going to get transformed even faster. So we are here to kind of collaborate and partner and work to see how we can help. Likewise, Brian. Thank you for having us. And uh... yeah. Thank you, guys. So we'll be in touch. Stay safe and uh, talk to you next time. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Subscribe to our podcast series at www.thebigunlock.com and write to us at info at thebigunlock.com.